Welcome to the Innovate for Impact podcast. This podcast is for leaders in the social sector like you who want to make a difference. Each episode is packed with practical ideas on how you can be more innovative and create an even bigger social impact. We share our ideas on what you can do and also speak to leaders from the sector to share best practice. So let's get into it and let's talk impact. Hello, Dan Bentley here and also Tracy Newman from Impacto Consulting. Welcome back to the Innovate for Impact podcast. Trace, what are we going to talk to the people about today? Ah, what we're going to talk to the people about today is what to do when you're stuck with innovation. So we talk to leaders in the sector all the time and what we find is that they're on board with innovating and they really want to be more innovative, but actually executing it sometimes can be a challenge because they've usually got tons of competing priorities. So, you know, they feel stuck because they're busy working so hard on the day to day and that, you know, they're feeling overloaded and they've got all this change coming at them. And they're really kind of stuck in that peddling so fast, you know, a bit like a duck where it sort of looks smooth on the surface, but they're, they're sort of running around doing a million things all at once. So what we're talking about today is just some ideas that will help to break through that and, you know, help to make that more innovative and impactful organization a reality. Yeah. So we've got five of them. Why don't we start from the top? What's number one? Good plan. Okay. So number one is actually all about creating space for creativity. So actually making sure that you carve out that time for both yourself and your teams to sort of think strategically and, you know, go through and maybe brainstorm some new ideas, but actually take some time away from the dance floor and get up onto that balcony and and look at the organisation with that slightly different perspective and have a look at, you know, what does that look like in terms of the bigger picture? Yeah. I think one of the things that people don't really think about sometimes is just how bad constantly being super busy is for creativity as well. So whilst we also need to make that space and protect that space, we also need to slow down as well just to be able to get that part of our brain to activate. When we're kind of in that fight or flight, super busy, putting out spot fires type mentality, it's not the most creative state for us to operate in. So I think that's something else I'd add on top of that. The organizations that have leaders that do this really well, what they do is is that they all have a busy business as usual. They all have spot fires to put out. But what they do is, is that they schedule this time weekly, sometimes even daily. And they also have an expectation with their teams that they're also doing the same thing and they protect that time to make sure that it happens and that doesn't mean that it doesn't sometimes get moved because we all know there's always competing priorities and sometimes you just have to you know put out a a very urgent spot fire but you can't just be putting out spot fires you know you're not going to be a very successful organization if you're only dealing and reacting to business as usual activity. You need to be having your eyes focused on the future and you need to be doing things. I mean, everybody that listens to this podcast knows that. But this is the way that we find is really easy for organizations as a way to make a commitment, book this in and just get it done. But also not for just for yourself, but have that expectation on your teams too. give them that space to create space for creativity. We've used the term create space for creativity because it's not going to get handed to you. It's not like one of those things that's going to happen. It really is about being proactive and making sure that you prioritize it because it is, yeah, as you said before, it's so very important and it really does make a significant difference to the future of the organization. But it's so easy to kind of get caught up in all of the things that you're doing and they're all all valuable. So it's about 
adding this into the calendar first. Yeah, and it doesn't need to be a full day. I, I definitely wouldn't suggest if you're not doing much of this at the moment to book a full day in a, in a week or something like that. Start small. We always know that that works well. I'm sure you've got many examples in your own heads while you're listening to this where you know that by starting small, you've always got better results. So if you're doing none of this at the moment, start doing half an hour a week or maybe an hour a week, something like that, something you can really commit to and start getting some runs on the board. And once you start to realize that the whole business is not falling apart because you're taking this time out, then you know you should have the confidence and also the ability to be able to then you know do more of this in the future. Excellent. So number two, Dan. The next one's all about reassessing your organization's goals. So sometimes when we are really stuck where we are and we're not really feeling innovative, it can be because there isn't that necessity there to do so. So taking some time with your team to look at where are you now, where do you want to go, and what's that gap that is in between those two outcomes? We did this recently. Obviously, it's um, the start of a new financial year. And as, as our business, we were looking at what our goals were and where we are and before we really got into this part, we're sort of thinking, geez, we don't know what we're going to really focus on for the next couple of quarters. We had a few ideas, but not a heap. As soon as we did this activity where we sort of an- analyzed in detail where we are and where we want to get, all of a sudden that gap was like, wow, if we keep doing exactly what we're doing right now, we're not going to actually achieve these new goals. That all of a sudden unlocked this creativity in our minds and we're able to come up with a whole heap of new initiatives that we probably wouldn't have come up with unless we had done that exercise. So can you do that in your organization? Can you get your teams together and as a group analyze where you're at and where you want to go and start using that gap as an opportunity to be able to generate some new and innovative ideas? Absolutely. And one of the things that is really helpful when you start generating those ideas is to not think about whether or not you're going to do it, whether or not it's going to be successful, whether or not it's going to deliver you what you want. The idea is to gather up as many ideas as you can and then go through and filter them looking at that afterwards. Otherwise, you can end up getting so constrained by priorities and time and all of those things that, you know, by the time you've got to two ideas, you've sort of run out of time. So your idea there is just to gather up as many ideas as you can because once you start getting into the flow and generating those ideas, then that helps other people to create those ideas. And you can continue sort of building off of each other's ideas and, you know, getting them to that stage where you've got 20 or 30 different ideas, and then you can pick out the best one. And it's a much more enjoyable process when you're not thinking about outcomes or success or time or any of the other constraints. Yeah, that's a good one, Trace, and a good one that you reminded me of when we were doing this exercise the other day. So, (laughs) all right, what's number three? It's a little broader than what you talked about. So it's about making the first step easy. Like what is the thing that you could do to create more innovation into your day-to-day that is so easy that you couldn't fail? And you talked about it in the context of when you're creating space, you know, create a small amount of space. But when you look at it through the lens of, well, how could I be more innovative? Well, what's something that you could do every single day that would be so easy that you can't fail, you can't miss? So maybe every morning you write down three great ideas. That's all you do. Just write down three great ideas. And the way that we like to phrase this when we're talking with our clients is, Tell me the thing that you could commit to doing each day that's going to make you more innovative that's so easy you almost feel embarrassed nominating it. Like it's that level of easy where you kind of go, oh, I don't know, is this pathetic? (laughs) 
That's the sort of start small we're talking about because once you've got a history of success and once you're doing something innovative every day, it'll just become natural and, and part of how you work. Yeah, you know, building habits are building habits no matter what it is. This is just a different topic, right? So a lot of people that listen to this podcast are very successful and I'm sure if you can think back, like I said before too, other times where you've had great success and you have changed a behaviour or you've done something different, I'm sure it wasn't you just went cold turkey and, you know, completely went 100% into what you're going to do. The best way for most people to do this is to do what Tracy just said and that is just to take those small steps, do what you can so that you can't fail Absolutely. And then once you've got that sort of track record of success, you're going to be so excited by what you're capable of that you're just going to be taking on more and more. And it's like when you start running, you know, you don't go out and run a marathon, but you do go out and run a kilometre. And then eventually that leads you to being able to run a marathon if that's your goal. Boom. Another Tracy Newman analogy. Blessing your ears. Love it. Are you looking for innovative ways for your organisation to deliver more impact? Take our online assessment and receive a customised report in your inbox that highlights exactly what to do next. It takes only five minutes to fill out and it's completely free. Visit impactoconsulting.com.au slash self-assessment. All right, number four is all about getting out of the office. So it's pretty hard when you're stuck in the same four walls with the same people to get inspiration. And I tell you right now, we've been doing this work for a really long time and it doesn't matter whether it's us and it doesn't matter whether it's people that we work with as our clients, but when they get out of their office and the comfort of their own walls and go and spend some time with the people that they're there to support, aka their clients, they learn so much and they get so much inspiration and they get a lot of awesome ideas to be able to move forward with. So this is one of those ones that may have made your stomach do a backflip just then because a lot of people do get nervous, but it is one of those things that is, like I said before, very, very rewarding to do so. It's very easy. You know, we set up these sorts of things for people all the time to get them out of the office. But every time we do speak to people, we always see people cringe because it is that little bit of uncomfortable. How are they going to do it? We don't want to annoy them. There's many different ways you can do it, which are very tasteful and beneficial for the people that you're going to speak and spend time with um, and also for yourselves. So you just get out there and do it. You will just be surprised if you haven't done much of this before or even if it's been some time, just how much inspiration, ideas and all of that that you're going to get from doing this very simple exercise. Yeah, I agree. I think my two favourite objections that organisations come up with when we're talking to them about going out and talking to their clients and finding out what's important for them. I already know, you know, I get information all the time. I'm always talking to the teams here who are always talking to clients. I already know is the first one. And the second one is, oh, look, well, we just don't want our clients to think we don't know what we're doing. It could be embarrassing if we're going and asking them questions. And it almost sounds a little bit ridiculous when I'm saying it now, but I hear that in various different sort of formats pretty much every time we start having these engagements from someone. And it's not always like I'm not doing it because, but they're just sort of asking, well, when our clients, you know, lose some faith in us, or how about we just get this a little bit more ready and then we, we've got something better to talk to clients about. There's always these sort of versions of, but once they break through that and then go and have those conversations, there's always gold. There's always something that you hear from your clients that is unexpected 
And most commonly, it's something really simple and easy. Like there's always some sort of quick fix or low-hanging fruit, if you like, or some great opportunity there in those conversations. Yeah. And look, the best way to approach this is just be yourself. Don't like rock up wearing like a suit or something like to, to do it. Like just be a person. I'm the CEO or I'm a you know, leader of this organization. I, I really want to understand what it's really like to, to work with us or I really want to understand more about you. I've never seen a group of clients have a bad reaction to that other than being like, oh my God, that's amazing that you're doing this. You know, that's the reaction you usually get. It is important to be authentic though, I'll say that. It's also really important to frame up why you're doing it as well. I think that's the other piece I would add to, you know, if you are feeling that way and to mitigate the risk of it coming across the wrong way to your clients, it is all about that framing up and and when you are there being very authentic and, and open with those people. And also, you know, obviously respecting them, their spaces and also, you know, remunerating them as well for spending that time and, and, and helping you as well is probably also a good idea in some shape or form. But we've got plenty of other podcasts on that if you want to know more about that. So Yeah. So a great example was a hospital and they were looking at, well, how can we improve the services that, that we provide? And they were really looking at sort of emergency and triage and they went along, well, you know, what are the things that are really important? And obviously speed and accuracy, vitally important. So they actually went and spent some time with a Formula One pit crew and we're looking at like, well, the things that are really important for them, well, speed and accuracy. How do they work together to be able to deliver both of those things? And they were able to get some great ideas. So it's not just about getting out and speaking to your clients, but also where are other things that are similar to what you're trying to achieve being done? And how can you gain some inspiration and some ideas from watching other people do similar activities, but in a different context? Yeah, that's a really good example. And what's the last one, Chase? Final one. Oh, look, I love this one. All about asking more questions. I think the thing is so often as a as a leader, you feel like you need to know things <laughs> when in actual fact, often it's all about knowing how to ask really good questions because the people that we work with are smart beyond measure. They do all sorts of things. They have all sorts of ideas. And if as a leader, you're great at asking questions, you're really unlocking that capacity that's within other people to have great ideas. And sometimes it's almost automatic. You know, someone will ask a question and you go straight into, you know, providing an answer and and it comes from that good place of wanting to provide help. But if you're actually, instead of providing an answer, really just asking questions and coaching someone through how to find their answer, you're going to get more innovation across the board because different people are going to have different approaches and then you can start sharing those approaches. But, you know, when you're asking lots of really good questions, you're going to get a much more innovative workforce and a much more broader perspectives and more diversity of thought happening rather than, you know, it just being one person providing the answers. Yeah, absolutely. I like that idea of, you know, when you first join an organisation, you see everything that's right with it, but you also see all the opportunities as well because you're not part of the furniture and you, you're always questioning like, why do you guys do that like that? Or why doesn't anybody fix this? Or why hasn't anyone fixed this? Like new people ask a lot of really good questions like that. One thing that I've always tried throughout my career is to stop myself from becoming part of the furniture and trying to keep those new eyes because those new eyes is what find opportunities and and find better ways of doing things. So. 
it's actually impossible. I've, I found out. Well, I don't know if it's impossible. It's something I haven't been able to make possible personally to be able to hold on to that. You do eventually, at some point, become part of the furniture. But asking more questions and being curious and not just accepting things is really what we're talking about here. And you can, like Tracy just mentioned before, around asking more questions and staying curious, you can continue to hold on to those fresh eyes for as long as you possibly can. But there's other ways to do it too. You could bring some people in who have got fresh eyes to have a look at some things for you. So that could be new staff. It could be some consultants like us <laughs> to come in. It could even be some of your peers from another organization. Maybe you could exchange some staff to have a look at the way that you do things and try and find opportunities for ways of doing things differently or better or whatever that might be. Lots of different ideas there, but it all does at the end of the day come back to asking more questions, not just accepting the status quo and challenging the way that you do things. I think that's what that one's really about. Yeah. Another idea that I've seen is actually instead of brainstorming answers, brainstorming questions. So, you know, here's the problem. What are all the things that we would want to know? Like what are the questions that we need to ask about this problem? Um, and sometimes even just actually getting people to start thinking of, you know, when you're going for a quantity of questions, if you're looking at a problem and all of a sudden you've got 10 questions that you need to answer before you know more about that problem, that can also be a really great way of leading to innovative solutions just through asking really creative questions. I like that one. That's a cool one. Hmm. There you have it. We've given you five different ways that you can get unstuck if you are stuck with innovating. Just to run through them quickly at a high level, just to, in case you're taking some notes, you don't have to go through the whole episode to get them again. The first one was all about creating space for creativity. So really booking in that time for you and your teams to think strategically, brainstorm new ideas, and to look at the bigger picture. Number two was all about reassessing your organization's goals. Look at where you are now, where you want to go, and what is that gap between them? And by focusing on that gap, you'll come up with some really innovative ideas that can help you bridge that gap. Number three was all about making that first step easy. What could you do that is so easy that you can live up to those commitments so that you can just get started doing something more innovative than what you're doing today? Number four was about getting out of the office. Go and spend time with your clients. You're not going to learn much when you're sitting at your desk. And number five is finally was all about asking more questions. Now, how can you keep those fresh eyes and really look at things differently in your organization and not accept the status quo? So that's all of it. Hopefully that was really helpful for you all. Thanks so much for uh, spending the time with us and we'll catch you all in our next episode. Thanks. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Innovate for Impact podcast. Any links to what we spoke about today will be posted in the show notes. If you'd like to know more about social innovation, visit our website where we have a heap of tools to help you on your way. Visit impactoconsulting.com.au. Thanks for listening. Now go out there and make an impact.